This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Deer Valley Ski Resort in beautiful Park City, Utah. Lift tickets still available for the best skiing experience you can have. Lawsuit free. And if you are sued, you will find a way out of it, I'm I'm sure. It's Deer Valley. I'm trying to figure out what a geck is. Uh, and I have no response to that. And this is Ear Buddies. Matt, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you know? No. Do you think anyone knows? I've, tr- I've tried Googling this to uh, no avail. I just, I don't know if it's ours to know, really. <laughs> sort of a grand mystery. Yeah, yeah. What I do know is they're multiplying. Yes. And the other thing I know is their fans also seem to be multiplying and growing exponentially. It's 100 Gex. Lazy, clear blue sky, but it rains all the late fees. Did you get the payment? We had an arrangement. We don't want to watch the news. We just read yeah. Hmm, maybe, maybe the most important band active today. Thoughts? A strong word is coming out of the gate there, Tim. Uh, yeah, listen, buddy. Uh, first of all, good to be good to be here, as always. <laughs> uh, good to chat uh, on another Monday. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, um, but, but, you know, I often say... At Pal, the... it is honestly really great to be back with you for another Monday of Ear Buddies. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, well, you know... Tim, I, I often say something to the effect of, I'm really excited about this episode before we get yeah. into it. Um, but I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, I know you know why, but like, this is, uh, it's, this is not just about one band, right? It's not right. just about the Gex and however Correct. many of them there are. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about them, of course. We're going to talk about something that, for you and me, Tim, and, and I assume the army, yeah, is just thrilling. Episodes ago, we talked about finding the will to go on and and finding That's new right. and exciting things in in music. Yep. And boy, if this doesn't just press every button, signed, sealed, delivered, I I I can't wait to to figure out what we think about whatever this is. Yeah, right. We'll say more once we uh, once we set the table a little more nicely here. But um, this does feel like an important milestone along our journey to f- to finding the will to go on. And it all comes down, Matt, as it of course, of course, it does to the tunes <laughs> and how hyper pop is a genre that I was um, very, very rudimentarily aware... Rudiment? Go with I it. I was very... <laughs> I was rudimentarily aware of hyperpop. But I couldn't define it. 
And I may not be able to define it even today as we're doing an episode about it, Matt, but um, I have a sense for it, and I, I love what's going on here. But you can't talk about Hyperpop without talking about 100 Gex. That's right. This band... Uh, that got together back in 2015, and essentially, I mean, it seems that it, it it seems like everybody generally agrees on this. Matt, they are responsible for the invention of what we now call hyperpop. Yes, uh, that's mostly true. Uh, at least as far as like the mainstreamification of it and the, that yeah. specific term. You know, there have been a lot of other artists like uh well sophie for example and charlie xcx dabbled in it pc music is a a label based out of london that has a lot of artists like this i don't we don't need to get into that you know all of those details but yes as far as the term hyperpop and the sort of attempt to define it it really does seem like the gex are uh, on the vanguard Yeah, the mainstreaming of it. I think that's yeah, that's that's a better way of putting it. That that they brought it uh, out of the background and into the foreground. And yeah, they are children of what it was, and I guess is a really robust, like underground kind of punkish scene. And this, you know, this speaks to me, pal. I love what 100 Gex are doing, and I love the influence that they're drawing from. And the directions they're taking it. Let's let's jump into their latest album. The reason, really, that we're that we're thinking about them, talking about them, the album Ten Thousand Gex. And uh, one of the one of the hot tunes on that album is called "Dumbest Girl Alive." I'm just going to start playing it so we can uh, analyze it a little bit and and get into what's even happening here. Sonically, yes. This feels a this feels a lot like what we were talking about in what I think was our second episode ever, which is uh, emo rap, right? Yes. Yep. Like truly independent artists elaborating on the idea of what emo was, bringing in electronic and hip hop influence in ways that hadn't been done in that sort of 2005ish heyday, and. Turning it into something new and fresh. And this sonically is very similar, wouldn't you say, Matt? I would say, yeah. I think here's what's, what's, what's fascinating to me about this album, The Gex for sure. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we might as well say hyperpop writ large. Is like this particular song 
Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you and I, we both listened to the rest of, of the album. Yes. Uh, and you can't you can't cling to that for very long. Right? Because they've, yeah. got, they've got the influences that they're drawing from. And I, th- I think you're exactly right. Like, there are a lot of uh, tunes on this album that are, it's hard not to immediately trace back to, like, emo, pop punk type of things, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's also, like, something that might be ska, right? And, yeah. And, and True. like, just, and basically pop music. It's just drawing from all these disparate uh, kind of sub-genres of pop music, uh, and you've got yourself a, a Gex album. So I listened to an interview uh, with the Gex, Dylan Brady and Laura Less, and they were talking about, they were trying to define what hyperpop is, and they had a really hard time uh, but what they did say, Matt, and one of the reasons that I'm so elated as we talk about this is um, they kept talking about it as essentially a big umbrella. <laughs> that's uh, us. Like, there's <laughs> that's us, and it's 100 Gex. Basically, this idea that, uh, you know, you just ask yourself the question, is this or was this at some point, like, pop? And if the answer is yeah... And you're doing something fun with it. It's hyperpop. It's so hard to let you go. I promise you. You know, this is this was my starting point, right, Matt? Was it yours? I think I was a little bit more familiar because I had listened to a lot of like Sophie produced stuff, uh, mm. you know, quite a while ago. But as far okay. as really kind of being conscious about it and what I'm listening to, yeah. So, uh, you know, I did the the thing any schmuck would do which is like find a hyperpop playlist right and just kind of uh you know see what people are doing see what you know see what apple music calls hyperpop and and what uh, what's going on in here uh well they refer to it as glitch which i understand to be uh you know sort of a synonym kind of sure um what's going on here matt is like so much inventive uh and fun pop music yeah. that I just that I didn't know was really happening. Like, I feel kind of like an idiot that, because I, I'm just kind of waking up to this. And it it is so reminiscent to me of, like, the, like, a, like the true punk scene, you know, from mm. back in the day. Yes. Like, you scroll through this list, dude, all these band names mean nothing. They are, and you can't even pronounce most of them. It's like looking at a bunch of like online message board screen names. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's, it's so grassroots and organic and just kind of like free flowing. Um, and as you listen to these tunes, bro, there's just, there are like a million really good ideas here and odes to, to, uh, you know, hot genres and sub-genres of pop from before and putting a, a new spin on things. I'm having a hard time articulating it because it is so diverse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't you hurry up and fucking kill me? 
time. It, it's it's probably a bit early in the ep for a Maddie monologue here, but I've got. Oh no, bro, go. No, no. As you've been talking, I, I think what's so exciting about this, like, first of all, I'm, there's sort of an elephant in the room here, maybe, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, we we're talking about this music and, and playing some for the army, and some people are probably like, this is terrible music. Why? Mm. What are you? What are you? talking about is this, is this a joke like is it just post post irony uh and sure i get that uh question or critique but yeah what thrills me about this is it feels so much like the same thing that punk did to rock and rock did to blues right like Ooh. like okay th- think about this right blues existed and rock mm-hmm. came along and pushed the boundaries of what that was, and it you and and at first it was just like different, maybe to a lot of people worse blues. But they they sure. they pushed blues to its to the edges, right? And they distorted it and they sped mm-hmm. it up. And then I mean, and there are many more examples, but I'm using punk and rock and blues here. And then punk did the same thing to rock and said this can be faster this can be more extreme this can be uh more fun kind of a little bit more like dumb which yes. is not a bad thing and yes and we now with i that's why i love that this is happening to pop music because we have heard so much absolutely pristine just shiny glittery pop music uh for a very long time actually right and yep. I love that kind of stuff. You love that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. what's what's cool is that these people, these sort of new punk poppers, uh, are they're it's not outsider art, right? We've talked about that. They're not coming in no. knowing absolute nothing. For example, uh, the Gex, Lara and uh, Dylan, are like very accomplished musicians, right? They're music. They're real musicians. And, Definitely. And they're doing this. Because they, like us, Tim, uh, are bored with what's going on. They yes. don't like the stuff that we're getting is not exciting. It's not really that fun, and so they they could, if they wanted to, make uh, a lovely acoustic guitar-based tune mm-hmm. for us, or a nice shiny yep. Katy Perry type top forty smash. I'm sure, yep. right? They perfectly you, polished. Yes, right. they could do that. Yes, you listen to that and you, and you hear, uh, you know, they, their abilities in these things. But they are pushing pop to the edges of what pop is. Their pop is is compressed sonically. They are hyper compressing things. Pop is, you know, if it's often like a distorted synth, they are wrecking that thing, right? Pop is yes, pop is yes. auto-tuned. And they are auto-tuning themselves all the way to a hundred, right? Yes. It's it's like what is this genre? What are, what is it known for? Well take that, right? And and just just send it to the moon. If I can take the baton here, because you're hitting on exactly what I'm loving here too, Matt. And what what is so thrilling about this is, yes, the idea of taking pop 
to its edges and and seeing what's out there and then building ecosystems around those edges but this is but it's still pop it's like what happens when you take uh one of those perfectly polished like you know pop diamonds right and just grind it down to nothing i mean you it's still it's still shiny it's like it's like blinding if i can use that metaphor yeah the melodies still kick um like the soundscapes are still like poppy and catchy at its core this music is still really really catchy and you know it's like sugar rush stuff like it's it's bubblegum but it's like way too much sugar yes it is really exciting There was an interview that the Gex gave, and one of them said something that really stuck with me, and and sort of, uh, I've been thinking about hyperpop in this way. So, do you know? Because I didn't know this before I read the Wikipedia article. Do you know what uh, the exquisite corpse is? It's funny. I was just on this Wikipedia page like a few weeks ago, and not for this purpose. <laughs> uh, Go tell let, in, enlighten us. Okay, so yeah, I mean, we we all know what this is, but I didn't know that it had this name, right? So it's it's the you know the game you play, I guess, probably in school or at a boring party, where a collection of like words or drawings or whatever is assembled by a bunch of different people, right? So everyone. Mm. At the ne- you know, you, someone starts, and the next person adds something, and the next person adds something, and the next person adds something, and then at the end, you know, you all look at it and you laugh together, right? Yeah. So sure. Fun. Uh, great name for what that is. And and uh, Dylan from the Gex uh, described their songwriting process as like an exquisite corpse, which I love because what they do mm. is they send uh files back and forth and just kind of constantly iterate new versions of these songs and that's i understand you know that's their particular writing method but i really think mm-hmm. hyperpop as a whole is such an exquisite corpse and you can read a number of things into that. Yes. Right? Like, there's a there's some real poetry there that I think holds up. Uh, and and that is sort of how I've been thinking about what hyperpop is. And that's, that's not a good definition, really, because it's just as confusing, sort of, as hyperpop itself. But mm-hmm. I think to, to think of it in those terms where it's sort of a collective of, of these people, these very, like, talented and obviously smart and and tired of it people like that that is i mean that's the future and i love listening to it now matt if i may um take this one step further uh and and kind of bring this around to why in a sort of um holistic and like deep in my soul way I'm excited about 100 Gex and kind of the journey that you and I have been on uh, in in learning about them here Mm -hmm. and and getting to know what they do 
So I want to refer back again to the Pitchfork interview that 100 Gex gave. They were talking about how like scholarly they are about pop music. Dylan, uh, one of the two Gex of the hundred, one of the 50 Gex, <laughs> doesn't matter. Laura says for Dylan, quote, if Dylan said that if he had an intern, he would get them to catalog every Billboard 100 song and make them sortable by, and then Dylan interrupts and says, instrument, key, tempo, BPM, pitch correction, speed of auto-tune. Like, these are the things that he's processing as he's listening to hit songs, and he loves that stuff. They're talking about Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi, because that was a big song at the time. And then Dylan says something kind of amazing to me. He says, not many number one songs are bad, I feel like. Then the interviewer says, I don't want to litigate Imagine Dragons with you right now, but I would argue that there are some. You know, kind of the pitchfork thing to say, right? Absolutely. And Dylan says, do you want to do that? <laughs> and, and she says, I would argue there are some number one songs that have not been good. And he says, which one? And she refers to Thunder. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. By Imagine Dragons. And he says, you don't think Thunder is good? And she says, no, I can't. And Dylan says this, man. He says, quote, if one of my friends made Thunder, I would be like, you are super good at making music and you should definitely pursue this. Like, this is hella good. He says, there's no way you could hear Thunder on a big ass system and be like, that song sucks. And Laura chimes in and says, Dylan's metric for what a good song is is so great. You can be like, I don't know if I love this song or whatever. And Dylan will say, if you were listening to this on a big sound system or your friend made it and you were hearing it, wouldn't you be like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Matt, this idea of enthusiasm, right? And and trying to uh, trying to take a piece of art, a piece of music, the way it was intended to be consumed mm. right to take the artist's intention oh. into account as you are uh you know taking it in yourself i sort of feel like a 100 gex like cracked the code here for me a little bit like what context can you bring to a song to to open your own eyes to why someone made it in the first place oh boy that idea matt i am hung up on and it that single central idea may be exactly what gives me the will to go on period 100 percent. that is i gex. i thought you were gonna say gex 100 gex man <laughs> nothing will make me respect you more than saying exactly that i am going i'm a lifelong gex fan now because of that like he and again, these these are smart, smart people, right? They're like they're listening. Yeah, yeah. They're listening to music and the and the hits and like Tim, honestly, in much the same way that you and I do. You and I would love to have an intern who could get all the all the Billboard top, you know, oh, and like can you imagine put them together and sort them? But like that's so deeply important. Imagine Dragons. What do you think they were trying to do when they wrote Thunder? They were right. trying to do exactly what they accomplished, right? Yes, yes, yes. And and you know, I 
I don't want. I really don't want to get too deep into this. But I've really been. Uh, what's the word? Charmed and perhaps tempted by just anti-intellectualism lately, <laughs> right? Because like, <laughs> like I'm sick of it. I. Yeah, well, you yeah. let me put yeah. Just to put a finer point on this, please, though, I, please do. I don't, I don't think what Dylan is saying is like put a handicap on a song and like no pity yes. a song and be like, oh well, you know, if your friend made it, you would right. You would that's an I don't important think point. That's, yep. I don't quite know how to articulate it, but it's kind of this like, shouldn't we, <laughs> shouldn't we just sort of stand in awe of of like any thing that was. <laughs> That was made? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I think you actually already said it, Tim. It's like, you know, you take it in the context, sort of, that it was it was uh, presented to you in, right? And, and like, yeah, sort of maybe, yeah. maybe written in, right? And, and in saying all this, like, you and I, frankly, have, have uh, drunk too deeply of the well of that spring and that poem to, to be stupid. <laughs> right. And, and we know yeah. an, enough about music. We've talked about Claire de Lune and about very specific, <laughs> uh, notes and keys and, and key changes and production techniques and all this stuff. And that's great. Yes. But let us not, this is for you and me, but for everybody, let us not allow that and that sort of awareness to dampen our enjoyment of something that is literally meant just to be enjoyed. Yes. Right? Like, right. They, you know, in another, I think this is the third or fourth Gex interview we're bringing up, but they said something along the lines of like, people ask us if this is like a joke. No, like, we are making right. music that we want to listen to. It's fun. It's just yes. fun. Why? Why can't we do that? Half the time you read about the Gex, you you see the word irony yep. in the description. Yep. Like people think they're doing all this stuff ironically, but yes, I read the same thing, Matt. They literally are like, "No, we're not doing this ironically. Like we're doing what we like." Yes, and because it sounds good. And again, look, pop. Think about what pop was when it came out and how stupid we all thought it was, right? And and how bubblegum and like absolutely substanceless, right? Mm. And it was mm-hmm. it was fun. Well, guess yes. what? Now, it's hyper-pop, baby, and it's more fun, <laughs> and, you know, it maybe means less, and that is fine with me. That is, that's pop. Like, that's every possible boundary they can push, and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the Gex, but also just hyper-pop artists, every boundary yeah. they can push, conceptually even, they're going for it, and they're crushing it. Yeah, that's the cherry on top here, Matt. Like... I I went into this, you know, sort of blind and, and unsure of, like, what I was about to listen to. And I came away with uh, not only <laughs> a worldview that I really appreciate, you know, in th- via these interviews, but I'm coming away with, a like, a genre of music that I like a lot. Just And that's, that's an important distinction, right? Like, you don't have to like Thunder to say that it's a good song. Sure. 
Yes. You know, like I wouldn't turn it on and listen to it a hundred times, but but like it's a good song, um, and that's a really I I love um, I love that approach to sort of considering the music we consume, but just on a uh, just on a personal level, I have found a lot of music here that I'm going to come back to that I think is. Um, it's trailblazing stuff, dude. This is like, you know, it feels like we're watching something new get kind of invented uh, in real time by by a whole bunch of people who, yeah. who just like pop music. Man, it's, you know, it's Elvis on that show where they wouldn't show below his hips. Like, it's, it, it is so <laughs> fabulous. And I, I'm, you know, in much the same way, I, I came into this expecting it to be like a scholarly experiment right and yeah like we, oh interesting but not for me yes because yeah. we've talked about a lot of things that you know it's interesting but not for me and mm-hmm. uh as with everything some of it is sure but like at, by and large um i know what they're trying to do they are doing yep. it really well and it it really works for me i'm i'm just this is what we were looking for all those months ago to find the will to go on. Like, here it is. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, it's all, it's all working. And uh, I feel like we have um, reached a, a little bit of a mountaintop here. It yeah. feels nice. Yeah, let's, uh, let's pitch our tent and look at the stars here, Tim. Let's just, mm. let's just bask in this for a minute. We keep it wet and creamy. Cubes on our tongues because we like to keep it freezy. on the right Ear buddies. We'll continue in a moment. Looking lots and tasting plus and feeling so alive. Wanna take it to the highway? Come on, let's go for a drive. All my life, I've been waiting for a good time. A good time. Let me ride, let me ride. All my life, I've been waiting for a good time. A good time. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Deer Valley. Deer Valley Ski Resort. Matt, uh, here we are, Matt. We have pitched a tent on a on a gorgeous mountainside. Yeah, it is beautiful. The late winter snow is heavy. The flakes are thick. The uh, the snowpack is incredible. Uh, the trees are all um, you know. Uh, blanketed with with oh, that that fluffy white stuff i'm just so happy to see it matt and <laughs> there goes look there goes some skiers ah of course matt of course it's deer valley <laughs> it's deer valley uh tim i know you sort of handle our emails mostly <laughs> i'm a little confused as to why a ski resort in utah would mm. have reached out to uh to old old tim and maddie here what what uh do they need from us well matt um they desperately need all of us to stop associating deer valley ski resort with gwyneth paltrow and the 2016 ski accident that left a retired Utah optometrist with broken ribs, a concussion, and lasting brain damage that affected his daily life. 
Sure. All right. That's it's, that's the reason. It's that's all why, clear to that's me why now. they're here. Yep, okay. All right. <laughs> because look, yeah, seven years ago, this mountainside, this quiet heaven uh on earth, well, it was hell that day. <laughs> what happened? Well, it depends on who you ask, obviously. <laughs> it really does. It really does. There's no way to be sure. <laughs> There's no way to be sure, Matt. There's and and look, we're not here representing either side of the uh, the civil suit that uh brought Gwyneth into the courtroom to defend herself uh and you know, try to convince the jury and yes, the world that she was not at fault for uh, slamming into the guy who uh, who was minding his own business, skiing down this this oh this gorgeous slope, Matt. It, it is really it really is beautiful. Well, of course, uh, and you know, uh, smashed into this dude and broke his ribs. Now, I I I don't think. Matt, that you and I really should um, should opine about this one way or the other. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I dare not. I mean, I I can see how that could be tough for both parties involved. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like it wasn't really a great experience for either of them. Um, I'm sorry that that happened, but I have no opinion other than that. Right, and nor should you, because... Matt, the courtroom is not a place for opinions. It's a place for justice. <laughs> it's a place for the truth, is what I think. It's Yes, it's a place for God's truth. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, uh, you may have your feelings or your thoughts or your evidence. But ultimately, Lady Liberty puts that blindfold on, holds up those scales, and the chips fall where they may. I'm combining things it doesn't matter ultimately (laughs) ultimately god via an 11 man jury decides what was truly the case tim i i just got chills full body chills hearing (laughs) you say that it is so true and and so special that here in america (laughs) that is Quite literally, and with no exaggeration, what happens daily, thousands of times, oh, day, across this, yes. across the fruited plains, in uh, districts and states, and, yes, and, and federal, every <laughs> everywhere you can do it. They, that's <laughs> what happens. You know how Catholics um, believe <laughs> what with one thing and another that when the the Pope speaks ex catheter from the from the chair of St. Peter he is speaking infallibly. That's cool. Yes. That's cool, but uh have you heard of the American justice system? Because <laughs> the the pope uh I know this for reasons, but he's he's spoken I believe twice ex catheter infallibly, right? He doesn't do this Wait, do you mean this current pope or just any pope ever? Any pope ever. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't so, know this. so everyone, calm down. First of all, uh, <laughs> but but second of all, why are we not freaking out about essentially the exact same thing happening constantly? 
Like, it's just so cool that in America, it works like that because we have God watching over us. Yeah, we do. You know, we, we, we get up in the One morning. One nation I, under God. Well, I was going to say, I know that you do this, Tim, and as do I, as I think we all should. Every morning, I wake up and I stand up and I yep. turn to the wall in my room that has the American flag pinned to it. <laughs> And I say those words we all remember so well. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Right? And, and, and then I, I continue on. I know the rest of it. But yeah, okay. it's, it's under God is the point. Right? He, he does this because he loves America more than any other country. Hmm. Well, I wasn't going to say that, Matt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I get a little carried away, but I think I, I might was worried be right. you were going to take it all the way to that to that sort of uh, end point. Um, <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I can't be wrong. Man, you you can't be wrong. I don't think <laughs> under God is in any other country's pledge. I haven't read every nation's pledge of allegiance, but I have to assume that it's not because if it were. Um, America wouldn't be the greatest country in the world. And America is the greatest country in the world. Ipso facto, right. Ipso facto, buddy, I was just going to say. Baby, that's justice. Oh, man. That's courtroom stuff, man. It's all so clear. That's what... (laughs) Matt, from sea to shining sea, and even on these beautiful mountaintops in between, nobody has anything to worry about. Not a thing. Because... Should you collide with an optometrist on the ski slopes and irrevocably change his life? Or, you know, should you be in the wrong place at the wrong time, get caught, quote unquote, red handed doing something, uh, you know, hush money? Yeah. Any sort, you know, tampering? Yeah. Any, no matter what you're allegedly doing, Matt. It's all good because justice remains blind. Mm-hmm. That that beautiful lady, that golden lady, she's not peeking. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. That blindfold not. is not moving. Those she scales, is not peeking out. Those scales are, are even, you know? That's how they start. <laughs> that's, that's right. So justice will be served and everyone will get, everyone will be treated correctly and and justly and with dignity period that's so it's all so clear it's all it's all so clear so matt i don't understand clear. why everybody gets all worked up uh man the truth will set you free and one could say that from this point here in park city utah from this gorgeous mid-mountain view here at deer valley i got my skis downstairs you know, I'm I'm wearing a, a a pretty nice coat, right? I've got good gear. Yeah. I came here in an Escalade. One could say that from from this particular vantage point, uh, that maybe uh, my perception of the American justice system is skewed in some way. Yeah. Be it by my circumstances. Or the way I've been treated in the past and can expect to be treated going forward. <laughs> sure. One, one could say that. Well, yeah. But I'm not saying that. Are you saying that? No. I, I, 
it, I find it hard to believe. Sorry, if you if you really feel that way, let's let's take it to court, baby. Let's let the jury decide. I'll risk it all because I trust in our system. That's right, and I trust that Deer Valley uh, will continue to provide affordable, um, accessible, unforgettable experiences here on the slopes every day. Every little moment, it starts here. It's Deer Valley Ski Resort. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Welcome to Show and Tell. Matt and I, uh, you know, we've unlocked something here, so uh, we we just got some we got tunes to share. Um, and Matt, why don't I go first? Is that all right? Why don't you? I am going to play you a tune called Doe-Eyed by who else? Rebecca Black. Yes, Matt, the Rebecca Black, uh, whose praises I was singing a few eps back, uh, who made the amazing journey from sort of uh, laughingstock meme to killer songwriter and performer in her own right. Matt, she has, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but she has like hyper-pop glitch cred. find this tune on both Apple Music and Spotify's uh, actively updated playlists for Hyperpop. You know, I, I listen to it and say, wait, this is Hyperpop? Yeah, you know, Tim, you, uh, after we discussed her, uh, I did listen to the album, and at the time, I was kind of uh, waking up to the Hyperpop world, and I was like, mm-hmm. is this what that is? So, yeah. yeah. You know, and and I describe it the same way I described her album earlier, like smart, interesting melodies, uh, good production, catchy stuff. Um, and then I sort of realized like what else is going on here? Like, you know, this sort of heavy hip hop beat, the heavier auto tune at times. Yeah. Like it, it, it fits. And I'm happy to see that like she is, you know, finding a, finding a niche here and, you know, not just like dropping an album and, you know, throwing it into the void and, and nothing happens. Like, it seems like she knows what she wants to be, what she's doing, and it's, a, it's one of several excellent songs on uh, her album, Let Her Burn, which I have already touted at length, <laughs> so I don't need to do it again. Uh, but there you go, Rebecca Black, hyper pop star. Tim, I, I have one that doesn't really need much uh, prior explanation or introduction. It's a song from the new Gex album, mm-hmm. and it really just, to me, kind of defines what's going on there in hyperpop. 
in a way that I think is just enchanting and delightful. Uh, and it's called Frog on the Floor. Frog on the Floor. Where'd he come from? Nobody knows where he'll go. He's been chilling in the basement for a minute. I just think it's time we moved into the kitchen. Give him some space and let him do his thing. Make him feel safe and listen to him sing. Frog on the floor. Yeah, dude, this is... It was this point in the album that made me, you know, really feel like I was back at the red carpet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was at this point where I was like, this is, I think I had my, my sort of re-epiphany that pop is allowed to be just a good time for no reason while I was listening to this song. <laughs> it's so, it's stupid. It mean it's, it's, yeah. just, it's just dumb fun, but it's fun. Croaks at the party And then he got on his front legs And did a cake stand Wow, that's so cool I wish I was there so I could see it And then the party got real Yeah, dude, it's... The performance is funny Like, the, the ska elements the, the, the truly the truly stupid chord progression you know yes. like using the ribbit as a percussion uh, element really good <laughs> really good it is good uh, I was talking to Courtney about hyperpop and trying to describe it like before I came to record this app and I was having a hard time and she and she uh, in her infinite wisdom said oh it's just camp and I said oh yeah, no, that's a hundred percent right. That's, you know, this is uh, this is deliberately goofy stuff, and yet, if you ask them, they'll say it's not ironic. They're just having fun. Well, you yeah, I mean? I mean, and that well, that's camp is just as hard to define. So let's stop right there. True. <laughs> Frog on the floor. <sighs> well, Where'd I feel, come from? I, Nobody I, knows. I feel better, Tim. I really do. I feel feel a lot better having talked about this i do too gosh you know compare it to morgan wallen last week that's the the cleansing fire this is the high we needed after that that's right so let us not risk ruining it matt i'll <laughs> talk to you later pal talk to you later buddy <laughs> <laughs>